Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through April 3rd. We're coming to you a day later. As I was busy driving back from Lake Placid on Sunday, the time that we normally record. So, a little later this week, but I'm so excited to share with you guys about World Synchros because it was amazing. Yeah, Gina didn't share too much with me before we started recording because <laughs> we wanted to save everything for the podcast. But she has a yes. lot to say about the competition, <laughs> about the location, you. and how mm -hmm. much fun she had seeing Lake Placid in yet a different time of year. Yes. So let me start with that. Okay, so we were very, very fortunate. We got up to Lake Placid with no weather issues. Roads were clear, great drive. I think we were there maybe about a half hour when it started to snow. And it started coming down so much that as I was trying to walk to get something to eat, which was a little bit difficult, and I'll talk about that too, um, I, my bag got so covered in snow. I looked like it was like a snowman. I was so covered in snow. I was not prepared for that. You know what that reminds me of? Nashville. When Anne and I yes! walked to the rink and the snow was all over us. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what Everything. it was. <laughs> it was crazy. I was so happy to be in Lake Placid, but I was like, no, I do not like this snow. <laughs> and I think I texted the group and said, I love Lake Placid, but I don't like when it snows. Um, but Saturday, it was like 50 degrees, 60s, sunny. I had ice cream outside. Literally less than 24 hours later, it was sunny and warm. And people were outside eating ice cream, just taking walks. I walked down Main Street in between practice and the start of the competition. So it was like night and day. And then it rained Saturday night and it got so cold that we were a little concerned about ice. 
So we left a little later coming back on Sunday just to avoid the ice, but then it was like in the 30s and sunny on the way home. So we had really good weather for driving. It was just a mixed bag of weather while we were there. But um, one of the other things I was so excited to share with Daphne and, and with our other friends was the finished construction at Lake Placid. Um, and I sent them some photos. <laughs> you know, I'm super excited for you to talk to us about that. <laughs> yes. You're going to be so surprised when you come in the summer and see that the old cafe, that little tiny cafe that was between the 1932 and the 1980 is gone. It's now this big cafe with all of these food options and places to sit and relax. I can see and doing interviews here this summer in the in the booths um it was bright you could go out i believe out on a terrace and you could look out out to whiteface and um so it was really nice and it's a nice connected connection through um the 1980 to the 1932 and um 1980 looks great much brighter i think we kind of saw a little of that this summer the store the Lake Placid store is now downstairs where the museum is. Um, it's just, it looks really nice. So I can't wait for you guys to see it um, and see all the changes. But let me tell you about the atmosphere there in um, Lake Placid for World Synchro. So I was quite surprised by this because I think I didn't expect it to be as crowded as it was. Um, and I first realized it when I went to try to go get dinner at the Pickle Pig across the street when it was a 30 minute wait at like 3.30 in the afternoon before oh the competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of crazy. So, and then, then it snowed and I couldn't walk too much further. So Daphne, I ate at your favorite place, Subway. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that subway is in the perfect location if you need to run and get a bite to eat very quickly. Except yes. knowing that there were a lot of synchro teams there, I can imagine that it could get backed up there as well. It was a little busy there. Not too bad, uh, but it was a little busy in subway too. But yeah, like you couldn't, well, it was snowing at that point. So once Pickled Pig was had a wait and we were trying to get back because my mom needed to volunteer at a certain time, um, we walked it down a little bit to Generations and they had reservations only. So, and your favorite place had closed for further notice. I did find out, Daphne, don't worry, Bozzy's will be open in July. They're just closed for three weeks. I went on their Facebook page. Wonderful. So you, can relax. <laughs> you can relax there, Matt. Michelle introduced me to Bozzy's way back in 2003, which was the first time I went to Lake Placid. And I can't imagine Lake Placid without it. So I'm glad to hear that it's just a temporary closure and it's not yeah, going to be just temporary. gone for good. But I couldn't even get a piece, slice of pizza there. That was, I was, that was my next thought. And I was like, okay, after we couldn't get, after the snow was covering us, we, we weren't going down any farther. We went back to Subway. But, so again, that was again about the whole crowds and stuff. I was so surprised at how many people there were. Um, really, 
there were a lot of Canadian fans, um, which makes sense knowing Montreal is only a couple hours away. Yeah, it's a couple hours. Yeah, it's like two hours. And now you can take the train from New York City to Montreal. Um, So that's a good way of, you know, getting around there. You can't get off at Lake Placid, though. Um, But yeah, there were just a lot of people. And they were decked out in patriotic gear. So Canadian flags, Canadian cowboy hats, USA cowboy hats, USA flags. It was crazy um, how many people were there. I saw a couple of Finnish fans, too, with their Helsinki Rockettes gear. Um, It was just I didn't expect it. And um, I was talking to our friend Christy, who lives in Lake Placid, and she wasn't even expecting it. She goes, I didn't expect this many people to come for the World Synchronized Championship. So she was a bit surprised. Um, Sportsmanship was another big thing I noticed. Teams walking by one another, wishing them good luck. Um, Go, you know, and there was... In the USA rink, which they had the USA rink was um, not used for ice. They That was their warm-up area. Outside of that, just outside the rink there, they had boxes with every team. And what the teams were doing were they were dropping good luck things and little care package things for each team. So I would see in like team... Haydenettes had a little care package from Team Unique in their box. So that was really cool. That's something you really don't see too much in figure skating, but it was nice to see that kind of um, sportsmanship going on in synchro. Um, Again, packed. People sitting up in the bleachers. (laughs) We never see people sitting up in the bleachers. So um, some of the, yeah, yeah. Some of the skaters sat up there once they were done competing, but yeah, there were people up in the bleachers. One thing I didn't realize either, practice sessions are popular for synchro fans. Um, It felt like competition the way people were in the stands for practices. They were screaming, chanting, bullhorns going on during practice sessions. Oh my um, goodness. Synchro, yes. During synchro practice sessions, um, it's a little different than figure skating. They get 12 minutes. Their music is played twice. They're out there, just one team, and then they're done. Another team comes out, and then they do do um, ice resurfacing between after a couple, after you know, a group. But yeah, that was very... I did not expect that. I had gone to a practice. My mom was volunteering and I was working on some stuff and watching a little bit. And I was like, oh my God, there are so many people here. Um, and they're making a lot of noise. Like this is a competition. So I really wish we could take this atmosphere that Synchro has and bring it over to figure skating. Because it it's exciting <laughs> to be around so many people who are screaming and cheering and hollering and, and getting really into it. And sometimes I feel like us over on the figure skating side, it's not as exciting. You know, practices are quiet. Um, so I would like to see some of that carry over. And one of the ideas I was sharing with 
our friend Liz, who was there covering it as well, as I said, maybe we need to do what Canada has just done recently. And maybe we need to bring Synchro into the regular nationals and have it a couple days before or a couple days after. So it's part of the regular figure skating nationals. Um, she thought that was a good idea too. I don't know how Canada has done it and how, if it's been, you know, beneficial for Canada. Um, maybe we'll need to talk to Danielle Earl and see what, you know, Skate Canada had to say and why they chose to do it. But that was my one thought is, I was like, we were disappointed with the crowds in San Jose and I, we can't really compare San Jose Nationals to a world synchronized championships because you're comparing a national event to a world event. Um, but the crowd for a synchro, the synchro competition, if we could duplicate that for nationals, that would be great. And it seems like there's a lot of interest and a lot of fans for synchro that if we brought synchro into regular figure skating nationals, maybe our crowds might be a little bit bigger and a little bit more outgoing and in, in, in into it. Um, I'm not saying figure skating fans are not into it. They're, they're loud and proud and it was, it's just a different, a little bit of a different atmosphere at Synchro. It's loud. At one point I had to cover my ears because someone was, had some horn from Canada right behind the media section. And I was like, ah, it was so loud. But so that was just my thought. And I'm going to say this to watching my first synchro competition. It's a travesty that this is not an Olympic sport. Um, at the opening ceremony, Sam Auksher, the president of us figure skating, he mentioned it. And when he said, why isn't this an Olympic sport? The whole crowd started screaming. Um, I bet it's, they did. I, I don't they? I, yeah, I don't understand it. And I was watching the team from Italy, which I love their name by the way. They're called the Hot Shivers, um, <laughs> and they train in Milan. They can't even go to the Olympics in their home city. It's just, I mean, watching this, the talent of these skaters, it's unbelievable and it should be an olympic sport and i don't understand it and i'm like every other synchro fan that doesn't understand it either um but yeah that was my whole thought as i was watching this i was like why what is the reasoning behind this why can't we we have all these other sports why can't we get synchro worlds so so I think I've talked quite a bit about just my overall experiences that I think I need to actually get into what happened <laughs> at World Synchros. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked to be, yeah, it looked to be pretty close and pretty exciting. It was. Yes. After the short program, the reigning world champions of Canada, Les Supreme, had a less than a one point lead over the Finnish team of Helsinki Rockettes. Um, and then Team Unique, also of Finland, sat in third place, and they were just a few points ahead of Canada's Nexus. So it was really close there in the top. Um, and, I mean, Les Supreme had a Spanish-flared short program. I mean, when again, when the crowd took the ice, when they took the ice, the crowd just went nuts. You thought you were in Canada. I kept asking some of the Canadian, the Nexus and Les Supreme, I said, 
do you feel like you've had back-to-back home world championships? And they said yes. That having, like, the crowd from Canada there uh, really made them feel like they were at home. Um, the Helsinki Rockettes closed out the short program. They their, their program was to, like, this breathing rebirth program. They were all in white, and they started their short program laying on the ice. It sort of looked like it was, like, a snowflake p- pattern, but I'm not quite sure if that was the whole thought behind it. But it was really cool. I hadn't seen... Um, everyone laying on the ice to start a program. Um, Miami University was in fifth place after the short program, and the Haydenettes of the U.S. sat in sixth after the short. They had two falls, so that was interesting that the Haydenettes, the top team, was behind Miami, the second-place team from the U.S. Um, so then in the free skate, Les had another outstanding skate. Their program was, they called it Revenge of Madam Butterfly. Um, They won the free skate, like the short program, a tight margin, less than a point. And the total score was, they won their second world title just by a little bit more than a point. So that's how close it was um, between them and the Rockettes. And, the Rockettes had a fall at the top of their free skate. Um, they finished third in the free skate, and Team Unique of Finland won the bronze, but they finished second in the free skate, and less than a point separated the Rockettes and Unique in the free skate. Again, very close between all of the teams and you know even the two Finnish teams. Um Team Nexus finished in fourth overall with Hayden Nets jumping up from sixth in the short program to finish fifth overall. They came back in this redemptive spirit. Their free skate was really well done. Um, Miami University finished in sixth. They had a fall in the free skate, so the Hayden Nets and Miami University flipped spots there. Miami University, one thing to point out, they had their mascot there. The Red Hawk, that's how many. And there was a lot of alums, too. I think U.S. Figure Skating took a photo of the alums from the Haydenettes and from Miami University. So that was cool. And the skaters talked about having alums there as well. And Miami University, I talked with their five seniors who are graduating and who now, next year, will be alums of Miami University. So, um... So yeah, that was just a quick recap. I mean, I talked to a lot of the teams. We I talked also in the press conference. I was telling Daphne the short program press conference was open to the public. We were like a fish tank. People could sit around or stand around behind us and listen to the press conference because it was just after they did the small medal ceremony in the same spot. So that was interesting. There were about a like, I'd say about a good dozen or so people behind us um watching and listening um so that was interesting but yeah so my recap will be coming up shortly on fso um and uh, i have a couple of the quotes and things from some of the other teams that weren't in the top six so you can uh check that out and it should be up after we finish recording this podcast but if you weren't able to watch the world synchronized championships on Peacock this weekend, USA Network is airing a recap 
tomorrow, Tuesday, well, actually, we're recording this Monday. The podcast is coming out Tuesday, so today at 12 noon Eastern. Um, and of course, we will put all of the results in our show notes. So, there you go, Daphne. That is a lot. Yeah. I went to the U.S. Championships, I think it was 2009, and did some background photography and an article for Skating Magazine. And you're right about the atmosphere. There is just something so powerful about the support that these skaters give each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. There was many times where you just couldn't hear the music. I don't know how the skaters heard the music because it was so loud. And every time the teams would do their inter, you know, where they would cross over their intersection, the fans would just scream. So every time, every team. And that was the other thing, too. Even though, you know, Finland and Canada and the U.S., the fans were loud for them, just like a world championship. You had the flags for Italy. You had the Australian flags, Turkey. Everyone was cheering on everybody. So it definitely felt like um, a world championships where you saw people supporting, you know, other countries and other teams, not just their favorites or, you know, the team from their country. Um, So that was cool. And again, really loud. Um, Again, my ears, I had to plug my ears sometimes. I'm like, ah, so loud, but... (laughs) I wish we could have that atmosphere brought over, especially here in the U.S. I, you know, I know Japan does a great job of, you know, really cheering on their, the skating. And, um, but I'm just thinking, just kind of comparing it to nationals again, two different things. And I'm just hoping we could kind of duplicate the, the atmosphere that you get at a, synchro competition over to figure skating it would be absolutely fantastic if we could do that something we got to work on guys yep so as gina mentioned um you can watch the recap on usa network and we will post the results to our show notes you'll be able to see exactly how the other teams that competed placed um the only other thing that we really had happening is Stars on Ice in Japan has kicked off um, in Osaka. There are tons of social media posts. (laughs) A bunch of the skaters just stayed there after the World Championships, and they're just having a fantastic time. You can tell that they are enjoying this time together and being on this tour. So, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, Of course, Stars on Ice in Canada and the U.S. will be coming very soon here so stay tuned we'll have info on that as well so in general skating news the isu council has approved the challenger series figure skating calendar for the 23-24 season of course we're kicking it off with lombardia trophy as usual followed by the autumn classic which remember the autumn classic alternates with the u.s classic for the north american challenger series event Followed by Nebelhorn, Andre Napella, Finlandia Trophy, Budapest Trophy, Dennis Ten Memorial Challenge, Ice Challenge, Warsaw Cup, and the Golden Spin of Zagreb. Further to a proposal by Austria Figure Skating in 2018 to create a world ranking for juniors 
and the subsequent resolution and follow-up during the 2022 Congress in Phuket, the Council approved an update of ISU Communication 1629, which will now include a junior world standing, world ranking. Therefore, two different world standings and world rankings will be published by the ISU. One will be an overall list based on the current list, but also taking into consideration junior international competitions. Two, one list will only have junior skaters who participated in international junior competitions, junior Grand Prix events, and junior world championships. The new junior world standing will be used for the starting order draws for the ISU World Junior Figure Skating Championships and will allow skaters moving up from junior to seniors to have more points from their junior career. A new communication with all the details will be published shortly. So moving on, the World Team Trophy entries were published on March 31st. There were no surprises. However, since Korea has qualified, Hannah Lim and Ye Kwan are going to make their senior international debut. They've had a new rhythm dance choreographed. So yeah, it's very exciting. Lim and Kwan, junior silver medalists at Junior Worlds, they're going to be making their senior debut. It's going to be exciting. World Team Trophy is always this event that I know the skaters really love because it gives them a chance to be together as a team from their country and support their teammates from that country. They don't often get to do that at competitions because of practice schedules and other um, conflicts. So it's cool. I think this is a fun competition to be making your senior debut at. Yeah. (laughs) You know, not a lot of pressure in your senior debut here for them. So that'll be, you know, fun to watch them um, make their debut. Well, the U.S. Championships for next year, tickets have gone on sale already. They went on sale today um, for pre-sale for like friends of figure skating and they go on sale to the public today, Tuesday, April 4th. Well, a bit more sad news. I feel like just a few weeks ago, we talked about the passing of one of our colleagues Uh, Susan Russell, we are talking about another colleague or former colleague who has passed away. Uh, Brandon Penny was in the media room with us at so many U.S. championships. And even though he had moved on to a position at USA Weightlifting, we miss seeing him. Um, We found out recently that he passed away and uh, there were many tributes I saw online from friends and skaters and anyone that knew him. I remember meeting him at, I think it was an evening with champions, probably 12 years ago and just a nice guy. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's very sad. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really know him too much. I just see him in the mix zone. Always said, hello, very friendly and um the skaters enjoyed talking to him um because again we saw some tributes online from Merrill Davis um the Shibutanis um so yeah he definitely left an impact on the skaters that he talked to and he interviewed with and um will definitely be missed 
Well, moving on to recent articles and interviews, Johnny Weir's final shows in the U.S. were in Wilmington, Delaware, March 31st to April 1st. He also talked about his new skating academy in an article um, in a Delaware newspaper. Um, It actually appeared in my local newspaper as well, talking about you know, the end of him performing in the U.S. and his new skating academy. It was a really cool article. It had a lot of photos and and, uh, big photos in it. It was really cool to read, and so we will have that link in our show notes. Well, as part of the California Report Magazine series Mixed, which focuses on the stories of mixed-race Californians, Ty Babylonia shared her story in an article titled Jump Higher, Spin Faster, which focuses on her rise as an Olympic figure skater. Well, Kat Cornetta, now Kat, fun story here, is from the same city as me, and we found out that I worked with Kat's sister um, when I was at the TV station, so we always, like, when I run into Kat, um, Kat now lives in Boston, saw her at Skate America, we're always talking about Rochester things. Kat sometimes knows about Rochester things before I even know it, and she doesn't even live here anymore. <laughs> That's how news travels! <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, Kat did a feature for the Boston University magazine on alum, Tracy Merrick, who is the new CEO of U.S. Figure Skating, and I saw Tracy walking around in Lake Placid. She was at World Synchros. All right. Well, she's getting um, she's getting into it then already. Mm-hmm. So there was a Guardian article on Andrew Herrick, who said, Figure skating isn't seen as extreme, but learning in my 40s, I found ice extremely hard. And it's basically about him... Going back to the ice, having skating as a hobby, but doing it as someone who's middle-aged, it was a really interesting read about someone who went back to the ice in his trials and tribulations. Claire Cloutier interviewed Ben Augusto at Four Continents, and she talked to him about being an Olympian, now-turned-commentator, choreographer, coach. Coach? <laughs> you know, all those titles that Ben Augusto now has. <laughs> Gay Japan News posted an interview with 2022 JGP Baltic Cup gold medalist Takeru Amin Kitais. It took place during his senior international debut at the Coup de Printemps in Luxembourg. Golden Skate had a video interview with Nadia Bashinska and Peter Beaumont. They The interview was conducted at Junior Worlds in Calgary, and it talked about how they're looking forward to next season. While Madison Chalk and Evan Bates reflected on the their world championship win with Team USA's Lynn Rutherford. Turning to social media updates, Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer returned to Ilderton Skating Club in London, Ontario for their 50th anniversary gala on Saturday. I saw a bunch of videos of them on the ice. People were so excited to see them out there again was great. Congratulations are in order for 2014 Olympians, Danielle O'Brien and Gregory Merriman of Australia, who were married over the weekend. Caitlin Weaver attended the wedding, and it took place in Sydney, and she posted some Instagram reels. 
There's some photos also on um, Daniela Gregory's Instagram. It's just beautiful. Beautiful ceremony. They looked so lovely. Well, congratulations to them. Ice Academy of Montreal announced on Monday that Una and Gage Brown are now part of the I Am family. Um, Una and Gage will split their time between Montreal and New York. Una and Gage started training with I Am at the end of March. Their new programs for the 2023-2024 season. That's so weird to say, 2023-2024 season. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Their new programs are being choreographed by Roman Hagenauer. And Guillaume Cizeron. That was really big news today. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised. But they're also still, I think, going to continue to work with their other coaches, which um, Inez Bukaiva and Joel Deere. So this is cool. It's a great thing, Gina, that that Montreal train, Montreal to New York train is <laughs> back in service. Yes. And I think this is going to be great for them because they need a competitive environment I mean, they were training in New York, kind of, they were probably the pretty only skaters team. Yeah. yeah. So this will be good for them. And, you know, they'll be with among how many dozens of teams up there in uh, Montreal? Someone had posted a list and I think there were like 19 or 20 teams that they listed. It's going to be real (laughs) busy up there at that rink. (laughs) Sure will. (laughs) So, German pair skater Ruben Blomart announced his retirement from competitive skating. He and Elisa Efimova finished 10th at Worlds last week. I don't know that this was a particularly nice breakup, unfortunately. They both had messages on their Instagram about it. It seems like they were not on the same page. So, fortunately, we're losing this really good pair team already. Well, Mao Asada announced the launch of her own skating rink called Mao Rink, which will open in fall 2024. The facility will include a main and a sub rink, studio, restaurant, gallery, and store. She shared, it's been a dream of mine and I want to do my best to create the best skating rink in the world. I want skaters to become high-level athletes in a well-equipped environment with solid facilities. That sounds like a dream for any skater, and I (laughs) can't wait to see photos of this Mao rink um, when it opens in the fall of next year. Well, sticking with news from Japan, Ayano Sasaki and Yoshimitsu Akita are announced as a new senior ice dance team for Japan. Ayano actually shared this news on her Instagram. Yeah, nice to see some more ice dance teams coming from Japan. Yeah. Well, more ice dance news, but this, unfortunately, is some sad news. Ava Pate tweeted this news. On March 22nd, I had a solo dance lesson with Sweet Piper. As her family left the rink, they were in a horrific car accident and our lives changed forever. We lost Piper that day. Please help support the family with medical expenses in this time of grieving and hope. Um, Piper, you know, passed away in the car accident and Piper's mom and um, sister were injured. And so um, they are still, I believe, still in the hospital. But uh, Ava has 
tweeted out um, this GoFundMe for the family. Um, so, such sad news to hear from in, in a young, promising skater who lost her life leaving the rink. Well, Milla O'Brien and Lauren Whitaker of Switzerland have ended their partnership. Mila's family has moved to the U.S. Both of them are searching for new partners. Well, Nancy Kerrigan is releasing a children's book this October. It's titled Stronger Than She Thinks, and it's about her own story of childhood perseverance. It was co-written by Ryan G. Van Cleef, and it's illustrated by Aref Putra, and will be published by Bushel and Peck. So Zach Donahue has is very busy these days. He had two Instagram stories. They have expired um, from a couple days ago that showed him in China with Patrice Lauzon. The second uh, video was captioned, My Playground for the Next Two Weeks. He's over there working with some of the uh, ice dancers from China. So that's great news for them. It's cool to see Zach moving in this new direction yeah well switzerland has a new senior pairs team it's pauline Armin and ben jalovic who train at the world arena skating academy wasa in colorado springs um they officially became the national a national team after passing their swiss senior gold test last weekend wow congratulations mm-hmm Alex Shibitani shared his first photo gallery exhibition that will be at the Leica Gallery in Los Angeles from May 4th through June 5th. His exhibition is titled A Japanese American in Japan. Hmm. Maybe Alex should be taking photos for <laughs> ice dance events. <laughs> I didn't know he was a photographer. Um, I've seen some of his stuff. And if anyone is lucky enough to be able to go to see his exhibition, We'd love to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Well, British Ice Skating shared that Lewis Gibson was the guest coach for the Solo Progression and Academy of Dance Camps from March 31st to April 2nd. So, Seong Lee announced his 23-24 programs. They're choreographed in Colorado Springs last month. His short program is to Bittersweet Symphony from The Crown with choreography by Catherine Hill and Ben Augusto. And his free skate is Cloud by Elias, and it's choreographed by a familiar name, Joshua Ferris. Oh, I'm glad Josh is still doing some choreography. Haven't heard his name in a bit. The Young Artist Showcase launched last week. For those of you who are not familiar with YAS, it's an online figure skating choreography competition that was founded in 2010 by Audrey Weisiger with sponsorship with sponsorship and support from the late Doug Mattis and Sheila Thalen. It was created to give young choreographers a platform to create new work and offer them exposure to elite coaches and choreographers in the figure skating world and connect them with other like-minded artists. In its first six seasons, Young Artist Showcase has kickstarted the careers of many leading young skating choreographers all over the world, including past winners, Tommy Steenberg, Adam Blake, Mark Hanready, Zabato Bibi, Anna Cobb, and Stephanie Chance Bass. Well, our final item in our social media updates, 
I got an email today from Audrey Liu. She reached out to me with an update and a call for help. Um, Audrey, I think most people know, has been skating with UCLA's Figure Skating Club. And this spring, they're hosting and competing at the Inter- Intercollegiate National Final, which is taking place in Anaheim, California. And of course, as people know, hosting an event does come with significant costs. And so this is a cost for them to host the national final. Um, So the team has started an online campaign through UCLA for support. Um, So we will put the link in our show notes if you would like to help them out with um, some of the costs. Uh, April 13th to the 16th is the intercollegiate final in Anaheim. So moving on to upcoming events for the week. Stars on Ice Japan has kicked off in Osaka, which we mentioned earlier, and continues this week in Oshu and Yokohama. The tour includes the following. It's like a who's who. It's it's so amazing. Yuzuru Hanyu, Shoma Uno, Kaomiura, Kazuki Tomono, Jason Brown, Soto Yamamoto, Ilya Malinin, Kashiro Shimada, Kaori Sakamoto, Satoko Miyahara, Luna Hendricks, Mai Mahara, Rinka Watanabe, Mao Shimada, Hannah Yoshida, Alexa Kinirim, and Brandon Frazier, Riku Miura and Ryuchi Kahara, Madison Chalk and Evan Bates, and Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier. That is quite a cast. That is, and I am jealous of anybody who gets to go to that. <laughs> so please reach out to us and let us know if you are going to one of those shows and what you thought about it. And, you know, maybe you can share some photos with us, too. Uh, we'll tell you how you can do that in just a little bit. But an event that starts today um, and runs through April 7th is the Inclusive Skating World Championships, and that is held in Hamilton, Great Britain. The Walmart Spring Cup is a competition in Latvia for men and women, senior and junior, and will take place from April 7th through April 8th. Well, the Skating Club of Boston Ice Chip Shows are this weekend, April 7th through the 8th, and the guest star is Nathan Chen. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. Quite sure that Emily Chan and Spencer Howe are also going to be skating in that show. Looks like a lot of fun. I used to get down to that show, but it just doesn't work out like it used to for me to be able to drive down. Mm-hmm. Skating Club of San Francisco's annual fundraiser gala will honor Rudy Galindo this year. And the fundraiser gala will take place on April 8th. Well, Alex and Maya Shibutani are doing a number of book signings for their new children's picture book, Amazing Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders Who Inspire Us All, at Barnes & Noble on April 8th in Honolulu, Hawaii, April 15th at the Grove Barnes & Noble location in Los Angeles, and at the You and Me Books in Chinatown, New York City on April 18th. And we will put that information in our show notes. So if you are in those areas and want to go to their book signing, you can. Well, that brings us to the end of our play content. Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? You can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. And social media, Twitter at this WK in skating, Facebook and Instagram, This Week in Skating. We love your feedback or your questions. If you were at World Synchros, reach out to me. Let me know. I want to hear what you thought of it. Or if you are at any of those Jap 
pan stars on ice shows, please reach out to us. Let us know what you thought of the show. You can reach out to us on social media, or you can email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate the support that we've received via email and social media. Please keep it coming. We will have a contest at the end of this month. Uh, so stay tuned for that. I'm excited. Gina uh, and I have come up with a little something that we think is going to be fun. Um, so we're going to have a little contest. It's going to be very easy to enter. Um, so stay tuned for that information. As we like to end every episode, we are going to focus on what's happening on our respective websites. Over at IDC, I've got World's Photos up. And watch for an interview sometime in the next week, week and a half, with a very special team. I got the opportunity to speak with just over the weekend, so I'm putting that together. Yeah, I'm excited for that, Daphne, because you don't really get to do interviews much. And I this don't. And inter- <laughs> other than on the podcast, you do interviews mm-hmm. on the podcast. But for IDC, you really don't do the interviews. No. It's Anne or Mateo. And so this, I'm excited for you, um, and I'm looking forward to reading your interview. So. Yeah, I'm very excited to do this. It's It's something I've wanted to do for probably the last couple of months, and the timing had to be worked out. So mm-hmm. now that it was, I think I think it's it's going to be a good one. I think people will really like it. Um Gina, what's going on at FSO? Well, I've got a recap of World Synchros and some photos from World Synchros will be coming soon. Awesome. Well, we do have a little bit of a scheduling update. Next Sunday is Easter. So Gina and I are not planning to record a weekly episode next week. What we will be doing, however, is on that Monday releasing an interview that we just had last week. So that one is all ready to go. It will come out next Monday. So you will not be without an episode. We always do our best to uh, make sure that you have an episode. I think the only time... We haven't delivered an episode was when I was in the hospital unexpectedly. Right. And Gina updated you on what was going on. I did. I gave you a little episode. But yeah, as we approach the end of the season, which it's pretty much we just have World Team Trophy left, you're going to notice that maybe it's not going to be a weekly episode where we're breaking down all of the news because there may not be a lot going on. But don't worry, we're doing interviews, so if we don't do a weekly episode, you'll get an interview instead. Um, We're kind of organizing our schedule here as we go into April and into May. Um, So yeah, don't worry. We're not taking a break, even though the season is coming to an end. We will still keep going, because after all, it was just about a year ago we started this adventure And so we want to, you know, finish out the year and get ready for season two of this week in skating. Yeah. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a nice week.